We are living in prophetic times. We are living in interesting times. We are living in chaotic times. We are living in confusing times. There is political chaos around the globe. Countries are at war. We pray for Ukraine right now. Natasha has been a part of this church since the very first Sunday. Almost 20 years ago, she moved here from Ukraine. She and Rick uh, join us on the organ and make a little music on the organ. Why don't you put your hands together for them? They've been here since we started. As Rita said, roots and wings. They've been here since we started. And her family is from Ukraine. Some of them are still there. So we just pray for them and many Christians that are there for their safety, for their protection. Uh, the invasion is going on. You won't see much of that in the news. The news, in case you didn't know, the news only tells you what they want you to hear. If you were still gullible and think that it's all unbiased, you need to wake up. You know, when puppies are about five or six days old or weeks old, I don't know how, they open their eyes. We need to open our eyes. Oh, you didn't hear me. I, I said, we need to open our eyes. But there's a lot going on on the planet. And almost two years ago next month when, um, when they, you know they, don't you? When they shut down the world, when they shut down factories and governments, countries, states, churches, businesses, of course, the liquor stores, Walmart, Costco, Sam's, Lowe's, some of those big, they stayed open, especially the liquor stores. I, I argued with the mayor's office when they called me on Good Friday two years ago and said, we forbid you to have a parking lot service on Easter Sunday. We forbid you were the words they said. Don't get me started. I guess I'm already started. And I said to the chief of staff for the mayor's office, I said, so why aren't you closing the liquor stores? You're telling churches we can't meet in the parking lot? And yet the liquor stores are open. Anyway, we, we first said, because nobody really knew what was going on in the natural. We, we know what's happening in the spiritual. We know there's a shift. But in the natural, it was like, what? They want us to do what? They're doing what? They're proclaiming what? And so the word that came out of that, and I even said it, it's a reset. A refocus, a reset. It forced the church to go outside the walls of the building, which was not a bad thing. Because so many churches have just been doing face-to-face, -face, inward, inside, just kind of keeping the mechanisms of the 
So it forced churches to go outside, to outreach, to get online, to, to do something different. So we called it reset. Look at somebody and say reset. But over the last 23 months, as I have watched this take place and I have seen uh, what's going on and we have traversed through the chaos, the Lord put it in my spirit some weeks back. It's, it's not a reset, it's a rebirth. It's a rebirth, which is biblical. And a rebirth is more than a conversion. It is more than just a new beginning. It's, it's spiritual. It's renewal. It's awakening. The scripture says it like this. Nicodemus came to Jesus, a religious person, a ruler. And he said to Jesus, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter the second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised, Jesus said, at my saying. You must, it's not a suggestion, you must, you must be born again. So, when we come to planet earth, and, and there are a lot of churches that are, don't get mad at me. There are a lot of churches that are just playing church. Yeah, there are a lot of churches, they just, they go through the motions. They didn't all start off that way either. They, they fall into a routine. And Shirley Arnold said it very beautifully when she was here a few weeks ago. She said, there has become a professional network, a system of church growth. And many churches in innocence across the nation, in innocence, because some of them really want to see people saved. They really want to advance the kingdom. But they start following this pattern of church growth to gather people. And some of them do that very, very well. But that's all there is, a gathering of people. And we call them churches. Y'all getting quiet on me. See, some of y'all getting mad at me right now. That's okay. I'm just telling you the truth. Because you can visit some churches and it's a, the Bible says it like this. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. I love y'all. But if it's just about gathering and it's not about getting lost folks saved and on their way to heaven and people delivered out of their sins and out of their past and out of all their baggage and seeing the miracle power of God change life, then I'm out. 
I can, there's plenty of places just to go gather. The church of Jesus Christ is not just a place to gather. It's more than just gathering. It's more than just coming together and having some natural food. It's, it's more than just fellowship. All that's part of it, but there's more. Jesus said, you must be born again. There must be a rebirth. So we understand what rebirth is. We, we want to get saved. We, we in the church, we know that it's about salvation. It's about getting saved. It's about giving our heart to Jesus Christ. But there are a lot of religious folks that don't even understand being born again. They're religious. They go to church. They say they love God. They read their Bible. They'll sing a few hymns. But nothing changes. See, Jesus said, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Water is the natural birth. Before you were born, your mama was about to deliver you. Her water broke. And when you're born again, your spirit man connects with the Spirit of God. You say, how do you know, Pastor? Because John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. How many believe that? God is a spirit. And then it says, and those that worship God, worship Him in spirit and in truth. It says we're made in the likeness of God. God is a spirit. So if we're made in the likeness of God, we are spirit. We live in a body and we possess a soul. But you cannot go to heaven unless you're born again. Even though you're supposed to pay tithes in obedience to him as Christians, paying tithes by, by itself won't get you to heaven. You can put millions of dollars into the kingdom, but if you're not born again, you won't go there. Money won't buy your way there. You can do a lot of good things and feed poor people and build orphanages. And we're supposed to do that and visit the widows and do the things the Bible says. But if you're not born again, you still, with all your good works, the Bible says all of our good works are our, our, it's like filthy rags, he said. So we must have a spiritual rebirth. So how do you do that, Pastor? It's very simple. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we must confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and confess our sins and repent of our sins and be sorry for our sins. Some folks aren't sorry for their sin. They're sorry they got caught. They like their sin. They love their demons. They coddle their demons. They don't want deliverance. But he said we have to confess our sins. We have to repent of our sins. We ask Jesus to forgive us. We invite him into our heart 
as the Lord of our life. And see, the problem with people in religious circles, they know about God. They just have not had that personal relationship with God. There is a difference between being religious and being in a relationship with Jesus. The reason so many people in America are turned off by Christianity is because all they see is religion. Religion is a spirit. And it enslaves entire people groups. Because religions around the world, world religions like Islam and Hinduism, There's a lot of them. Did you know there's over 5,000 religions? I thought when I started to, there's no way I can name all religions. There's a lot of religions. But Acts 4.12. See, some folks, they are universalist. They'll tell you, everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's going to heaven. But Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. You ought to be taking notes because all this is not on the screen. Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved. Jesus is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus. That's the only way. Your good works won't get you there. You can't go on your granny's religion. You can't ride the coattail of your mom or your daddy in or the pastor or anybody else spiritual in your life. You can't ride in on what they do or what they say. It is a one-on-one individual personal relationship between you and Jesus Christ, the God of the universe. And it's very simple. We call on him. We believe that he's the son of God. We invite him into our heart and he comes in and everything changes. And transformation should start. Pray this prayer with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Today, I repent of all of my sins. Forgive me. I am sorry. I want to do right. I want to serve you and please you. I want to spend eternity with you. Help me to be all you created me to be. I receive you as my Savior, and I'm going to serve you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or in rededication, Jesus just came into your heart. You just got saved. If you were already saved and it was just a rededication, a confirmation, a recommitment, A rebirth to take you to another level. So we, as people, as individuals, we have to be born again if we're going to see heaven. But I believe what God is doing prophetically on the earth is a rebirth for the church. I believe... Got to push the right button. There you go.
I believe our faith must experience rebirth. Because some people, like I said, they, they believe in God. They just don't have a relationship with God. 1 John 5, 4 says, Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is about faith now. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. So our faith, when we get, when we get born again, when there is a rebirth, our faith has a rebirth experience. We don't just believe about God. We don't just believe there is a Bible. We, we have a personal relationship with God and the Bible, we believe the Bible is real. It's alive. It is the word of God. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Nothing was made that was made that was made without him. Everything that we have, Jesus did it all. His word, the word became flesh, the Bible says, and dwelt among us. So our faith must experience a rebirth. And when your faith experiences rebirth, you begin to believe the Bible. It comes alive. It's not just a history book that you read. It is a right now, on time, in this moment, relevant word that God gives to you. He speaks to you and it comes alive so that where you are and what you do and how you live is active and God, it is infused with the power and the presence of God every day. When it says, by his stripes, you are healed, then when you're sick, you go to this word. You stand on this word. You ask him, Lord, heal me. Your word says that by your stripes, I was healed. I am healed. I receive it. I stand on it in Jesus' name. And you walk in that healing. Everybody's so worried about getting sick, dying, fears taking over. This book says, by his stripes, I'm healed. We need to be praying for sick folk. We need to be raising them up. That's what the church of Jesus Christ does. He said, greater works shall we do. He raised the dead. Faith has to be reborn. Part of that is your mind has to be reborn you got stinking thinking <laughs> look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you right there come on preach to him look at him say hey he's talking to you you're all stinking thinking why you why do you have stinking thinking why are your thoughts so negative and then it turns into words and negative words coming out of your mouth? We are the church of Jesus. The creator of the universe created us and lives in us. And if there is a spiritual rebirth and we have been born again and he lives in us, our faith comes alive. And our mind, what we think, changes. Proverbs 4, 23. Above two or three other things. Oh, I missed it, didn't I? Above all. 
What is all? Everything, isn't it? Above everything. Above all. Be careful. Some folks are careless. They're not careful. Be careful what you think. Be careful what you think. Your mind must be reborn. You must have a rebirth in the way you think. You've got to stop thinking the old way. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. All things are passed away. Everything becomes brand new. Change the way we think. Because above all, he said, be careful what you think because your thoughts, what you think controls your life. You see, nobody wants somebody else to control them, right? We pride ourselves in saying, you ain't my mama. Who you think you're talking to? You can't tell me what to do. Because we want to be in charge. We want to control our life. We want to control what we do and where we go and what we say and how we, we want to do all that. But the Bible says right here above all, be careful what you think because what you think controls your life. Your life, what you act out, how you live every day. Yesterday, Friday, Thursday of last week, Wednesday. Think back what happened this week. What happened, the way you walked out life this past week is the result of how you've been thinking. And we have to control our thoughts. Did you know you can? You control your thoughts. Because the Bible says, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report, whatsoever things are virtuous and praiseworthy. He said, think on those things. God wouldn't tell us to do something that we couldn't do. So if he told us to think on these good kinds of things, we must be able to control what we think. And think on these good things. Some people say, oh, I can't help it. I couldn't help it. I, I thought about that. I thought about that. So I went and did that. Yeah, that's the problem. What you think becomes your actions. Becomes your words, becomes your actions. Above all, write that verse down. Proverbs 4.23. Take a picture of it. Snap it. Post it. Above all, be careful what you think. See, if you're thinking the wrong kind of thoughts... Negative thoughts, thoughts of doubt, critical thoughts, self-condemning thoughts, judging other thoughts. What are you thinking? Be careful. We could stay here all day. Above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. Our mind must be reborn. Now, if we are the church, are we the church? Are we part of the body of Christ around the world globally? Are we part of that organization? If we are, our giving must experience rebirth. Let me translate. Your wallet has to get saved. Your checkbook 
your savings account has to get saved. Because some folks will say, oh, I love God, and they never give a dime. And those are the folks that say, all they want is my money. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. That's right. I've heard that. But when you go over to the mall to the cheesecake factory and you say, I want one of those strawberry cheesecakes or vanilla bean or red velvet or whatever you like. Guess what? You're not leaving there until you give them your money because all they want is your money. They are there to make a profit. That's what they're there for. Yes, sir. The church exists as an extension of Jesus Christ on earth to win the loss, to make disciples, to transform people. That's why we are here. But it costs money to build an orphanage. It costs money to have lights on in here when we show up on Sunday morning. It costs money to have staff come and do what we do and minister to people. It's getting quiet up in here now. Our giving must experience rebirths. Luke 6, 38. Give. We could stop right there. The Bible says, give. And he said it earlier. There are two kinds of people. There's givers and there's takers. The Bible says we are to give. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. He said, give, but if you will give, you will receive. Wow. When you give, you're going to receive. Now, everybody loves to receive. Come on, be honest. Tell me, you, you love to receive. You love gifts coming your way. You love to receive. That's only about four hands went up right then that I could see. There's one or more. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Wow. See, the reason some people don't give is because they're holding on to it so tight, they're afraid they'll lose it. They don't want to give it. They want to keep it. But the Bible says, give and you will receive. When you give, your gift will return to you in full. I am testimony of this. I, I have given things away, and the very thing I gave away came back. Or something like it. Or usually it was something greater. It was better. It was more. Because that's what this book says. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. It didn't say in 1% or 3%. It didn't give any percent. He said in full. And then not only do you receive it back in full, it's going to be pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Reminds me of the story of the, the old itinerant preacher many years ago. Went to preach and he would go to a different church every Sunday. He had several that he would go visit and preach for. And he was out preaching and he took his little nine-year-old boy with him. And when the offering came around, he was the guest. So they passed the plate. and He put in a dollar. A little bit later, he got up and he preached. When it was over, they brought him an envelope. And they said, we have a habit of whatever comes in the offering, we give it to the preacher that day. So he put it in his pocket and they start walking home. And 
After they got away from the church a little bit, the little boy said, Daddy, what did we get? He said, I don't know, let's see. And he reached in there and opened that and opened that envelope and pulled it out, and there was a dollar. And the little boy said, out of the, more, out of the mouth of babes, the little boy said, well, Daddy, if you'd put more in, you'd have got more out. This verse says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Wow. If everybody in God's church believed that, we would never have any financial problems in the church or at your house. Or at your house. You would never lack. You would never lack. But people will believe other scriptures and they won't believe that one. There has to be a rebirth in our giving. Our serving must experience rebirth. Mm. I had a man a number of years ago. He was here in this church. Great man, great family. And kept trying to get him plugged in. This has been 17, 18 years ago. And he finally came to me one day and he said, I figured it out. I said, what? And I laughed when he told me this. I laughed. I never heard anybody in all our years of ministry say this. He said, I've got it figured out. I said, what is it? He said, I am just not a servant. <laughs> it's quiet now. Jesus was a servant, the supreme example of a servant. And he told us to be like him. Our serving must experience rebirth. Most everybody can quote Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout, a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with what? With gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You want to receive that, experience that, then serve the Lord with gladness. I like what the psalmist said. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This is my favorite day. I love to come together with you on Sunday and worship and experience the presence of God and see God touch our lives and change our lives. I love it so much, that's why I don't ever want to let y'all go. That's why I preach so long. Because I know it's going to be another week before you come back. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you long. Our serving must experience rebirth. Metro Tab, as a part of the church, on this planet is experiencing rebirth now. 
It feels like we just started this church all over. That's the way it feels. Even though we've been here almost 20 years. October will be 20 years we've been here. What a, what a joyful, amazing journey and experience this has been. And there's quite a few of you folks that started with us almost 20 years ago. But the church is being rebirthed. I've talked to other pastors, and they're saying the same thing. It's true, we use the word reset for a few months. But what God is doing is more than a reset. He is pouring His Spirit out. He is stirring the hearts of His people, His ministers, His leaders, the sheep, all of us. He is stirring our hearts. He is putting a new hunger and a new thirst in us for more of Him. Miracles are happening. Lives are being changed. People that you thought would have never got saved or gone to a church are getting saved and going to churches. God is up to something. In Matthew 16, Jesus is speaking. He said, now I say to you, and he was talking to Simon Peter, he said, you are Peter. And the word there is Petros. Small rock. And then Jesus said, upon this rock, and he was talking about himself because it's a different word in the original language. It's Petra, big rock, foundation rock. He said, I will build my church. Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church. Jesus spoke the words. I will build my church and all the powers of hell. One translation says, and the gates of hell, all the powers of hell, the gates of hell will not, shall not conquer it. Jesus said, I am building my church. And see, up to this point, he had built the universe. He had spoken the worlds into existence. He put the sun and the moon in the sky. He put the stars in the sky. He set the order of the universe as we know it today. He set everything in motion. He created man from the dust of the earth, Aphar, a mud man. And the Bible says he breathed breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living soul. And then when this verse was written, when Jesus came to this earth and uttered these words as a man, he said, now, I want everybody to know, I will build my church. Nothing is going to stop it. Hell cannot stop it. So I want to encourage you today in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of everything that's happening that's hard to understand or figure out. Jesus is building his church. People are getting saved. The church on planet earth that belongs to Jesus Christ is coming together. The remnant is rising up. God is breathing his spirit out. His Holy Spirit is 
touching people all over the planet in different pockets. It doesn't matter if you are young or if you are old. He will use you to build his church. He's using men like Dr. Ratchford to still raise $500,000 in the last five years to raise up orphanages so little orphan children can go there. Jesus is building his church. He is building Metro Tab. Our finest days are ahead of us. Uh, we've had a good 19-year run, but let me tell, I prophesy to you today. I declare to you today, our best days are ahead. Our best years are ahead. Our best miracles are ahead. Our best salvations are ahead. Our best transformations are ahead. The best is yet to come. God is rebirthing Metro Tab Church, MTC Church. God is re rebirthing us now. Hallelujah. So I want to leave you with this scripture. It's a rebirth. It's an awakening. It's a revelation. It's a new experience. It's a new opportunity. It's a new day. It's a new season. And it's for all of us. We tend to think sometimes that only women give birth. And I will admit, women have an experience in childbirth that we men don't understand. And all the women said. But in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse number 6, the writer said this, so all the men could understand that we are the bride of Christ. Whether you are male or female, we are part of the bride of Christ. And Jeremiah 30 verse 6 says, Ask and see if a man can give birth to a child. And our first response would be, well, no, that's silly. No, that's, that's crazy. No, that, that don't happen. That's not the way it is. But the Bible says, well, if that's so, then, then why do I see every strong man? Are there any strong men in the house? Why do I see every strong man in the birthing position? With his hands, one translation says, on his loins. This one says on his stomach like a woman in labor because when you are in labor it's called labor because there's some work to it you are pushing something out something that has been deposited in you has developed to the time that it can no longer stay inside of you You've got to shout it from the mountaintops. You've got to tell it everywhere you go. You have to push it out of what's on the inside. And it's got to get out to the world. It's got to get out to your family. It's got to get out to your neighbors. It's got to get out to the community. It's got to get out over radio and TV and the internet around the world. He says, if a man cannot bear children... If he can't give, why do I see every strong man with his hands 
on his stomach or on his loins like a woman in labor and every face turned deathly pale because we're in process. Look at your neighbor and say, push! Come on, say it like you mean it. Push! God has made a deposit inside of you. God has made a deposit. You've got dreams. You've got visions. You've got purpose. God's got plans that he put inside of you. You thought they were all your plans. You thought they were all your. God gave that. James said every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. He has put a deposit in you. He's dropped it into your spirit. It's time for the rebirth. It's time to give it forth. Everybody stand. Somebody shout, rebirth. rebirth. Come on, shout it like you mean it. Rebirth. 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 Let me say it like this. When you're reborn, you get your roar back. Revival is when you get your roar back. You've been rebirthed. You've been born again. You've been revived. Something that is revived was in a state of latency. It was in a state of maybe near death or even death. But when that which is dead has breath breathed into it, it, it revives. It revives. This is our season. We are crossing the threshold in the body of Christ to the greatest era there has ever been. And there have been some great ones. There have been some amazing accomplishments throughout the years. But God always saves the best for last. Oh, you didn't hear me. God always saves the best for last. So on planet Earth, we are in a shift. We are we are breaking free. We are breaking through. There's a shift occurring. We are crossing the threshold into the last days. While it may seem troubling to some, it's really very exciting to be a part of what God is doing. He's moving, He's working. And we get to be a part of that. Does that make sense? You ought to be getting excited for this season in your life. And again, it doesn't matter how young or old you might be. Roots and wings. We're going to lock arms together. And we're going to roar. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is alive and well.